Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, Press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastuitsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadek. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. Grand Rising. And thank you all for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. And we want you to call in 515-605-9325 or join us live on Facebook or YouTube, The Female Solution, and write in your comments as we talk about today's seeming crisis in America of welcoming the strangers. What happens when we are afraid? of those who have been forced to migrate either from the fear of poverty and lack of opportunities or if they are fleeing from terrorism and need sanctuary. We're going to talk about that today because there are citizens in communities that are feeling fearful that they're being asked to be hospitable to strangers that they fear, and they don't like it. So how should we address that issue, and what are some of the concerns that arise when people are suddenly corralled into spaces that were 
formerly quiet, peaceful homeowner spaces, and what should be the response of law enforcement when people disagree? What should be the response of our elected officials when asked to make their constituents comply? Well, we will talk about that in our first hour, and in our second hour, we're going to hear from those who have been seeking to create solutions. So we'll be right back after these quick messages, and we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just a moment with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family, and our guests after this message. So stay with us. And, of course, if you are listening online, we want to hear from you, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. And we will open your mic and get your thoughts. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, and if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody. Friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes food, beauty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. You got on now?
And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Self-Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch the media connection. And I'm Naima Latif. Meet people like you who are making a positive difference in the world. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash The Media Connection TV. YouTube it. We'll see you soon. And we are back. And we are being joined by our American Muslim 360 family and our co-host, Kareem Hamid. And we invite you to call in, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid. Yes. Praise Hmm. for Allah. Yes. Oh, let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see. Oh, I think we... There we go. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our hosts. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. And we 
are back, and we're here with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family, and, of course, our female solution family, and our guest for this first hour as we talk about fear of strangers. First of all, let me greet our guest, Brother Kareem Hamid. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum as-salam, Naima. How are you this this morning? I am blessed and great. Yes, it's it's been a fascinating weekend, and I am so excited to talk about today's topic because I think it's time for us to really address the issues that we're going to keep facing as a global society so that we can get over our fears. So today we want to talk about fear of strangers, particularly because here, uh, it's not just in Chicago. This is going to be happening uh, pretty much in cities around the nation. But here in Chicago, we are particularly challenged. I know uh, New York is going through some major issues. Immigrants upon the cities of America. And Texas received a large number of them, bus of busloads of them into the city of Chicago, men, women, children, teenagers, people who were fleeing or were put out of wherever they came from. A lot of countries, um, Mexico and, you know, other places where people have been coming across the borders illegally. Well, you know, Texas was getting a, a, blunt, a, a large portion of that as a border city. But when these people showed up in northern cities, there was no plan. They just, okay, here they are. This is your problem now. And, and citizens are upset about that. Largely, Spanish-speaking populations are here. And the city leaders are expected to figure out how to house them. Well, in Chicago, we've had some major conflicts about this because as the the mayor who came into office and inherited this problem and didn't really have preparation on what to do about it, suddenly there are these people and they've been housed temporarily in the police stations. And I, I went to the police stations that, you know, when the mayor first got in office, he visited these places and, you know, we went there, the press went there with the cameras to see what it looked like. He saw women with children sleeping on the floor and blankets and, you know, they got little toddlers and, and, and diapers, and then, you know, you have older men, and, and you had teenagers, and, of course, you know how that is. You young people unsupervised, they don't know what's happening in their lives and what they may do. Um, people just looking desperate, basically, with nowhere to go. And so the proposal has been here in the city of Chicago to form, like, tent cities the way the homeless do. They put up tents in vacant lots and things like that and just maybe bring in heaters because it's about to get cold and just bring in uh, some type of of facilities to keep the people warm in these tents and maybe even uh, place them in abandoned buildings while they get themselves together, find employment or whatever the case may be. But citizens are angry, number one, because we've had a large homeless population in many of these cities and the city did nothing uh, but arrest them if they hung around places and, and like restaurants, they didn't spend money. You know, you get shuffled out of places. But as far as compassion and trying to find you housing, that wasn't happening. 
And then when you take people to residential areas, you know, people get their children, they're going to school, and you have all these rumors or, you know, what kind of people are these are these refugees? Are they, are they murderers, rapists, you know, uh, thieves? So people fear. One of the biggest issues is that this largely Spanish-speaking population is being taken to areas in the African-American community where we do not have a large Spanish-speaking population. So you're talking about thrusting people together where there are major language differences, probably cultural differences, and other kinds of barriers. And it's a disaster. It's a, it's a disaster waiting to happen. But there is a, a, a need for some human compassion. So we want to talk about that today. And we've asked one of the community leaders who is in an area that's now going to be asked to comply to the housing of massive numbers of people. And, and the Maple Park community, where we reside, uh, as a longtime stable community of homeowners, and there's been a large vacant lot where one of the major grocery store chains, Jewel Osco, you know, relocated and, and just left the lot there, left the building there. And so tonight there's going to be a community meeting where residents will get a chance to talk to the alderman, uh, Ronnie Mosley, who's a dynamic young man, recently elected to govern this large portion of the city, a, a very stable homeowning population, and he's hosting a meeting tonight with residents so they can voice their opinion because he's got to take that back to city council and say, look, my constituents feel X, Y, and Z about this, and they want to know so forth and so on. So we've asked Reverend Gregory Williams, who is the Block Club president at 116th and Laughlin, which is, of course, you know, some walking distance away from where the people are proposed to be housed, to come on. I'm going to ask if we can uh, open his camera so we can see your handsome face. I want to pull him up and add him to this conversation. So if you're if you're able to. Uh, uh, open your camera, then we'll bring you on screen. And uh, oh, there you are. <laughs> I know you might be in route there. <laughs> but this is an issue that is going to be affecting a lot of major cities. And so we're going to bring you on. And I say thank you so much for joining us this morning to oh, talk about this. Right. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> and our co-host Kareem Hamid is with us and we're talking to Reverend Gregory Williams. Good morning. Well, good morning. I'm going to bring my eyeglasses so I can see it well. Uh, blessings and uh, <laughs> thank you for that. having me this morning. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we're so excited to be able to talk about this because it's, it's going to be, it's going to be affecting many cities. And I'm, I'm told that the city of New York is uh, really distressed about this because there are many pockets of these immigrants. And, you know, things start to happen, maybe crime, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, prostitution, you know, uh, young women trying to scuffle up some money with whatever they have. And all of these things that can destabilize a homeowner population. And not to say that people who don't own their homes don't, you know, deserve the same level of respect for their faith, 
But, you know, when people are, are in a place where they have invested in over time to live and made it stable, they know their neighbors, to have a sudden inflow of people thrust upon them is frightening. And that's what the fear is. So as a resident of the stable Maple Park community, you know, and your family's been here and invested in this place, what are some of the concerns that that, that you would see uh, residents and yourself even expressing people are within walking distance of your home are placed in mass intent and they speak another language that many residents do not speak. Uh, what are some of the concerns that you would see that would arise as a result of that? Well, first of all, I would have to look at what are the challenges that we are facing um, in regards to this and in regards to our own residents in this community. Um, I'm talking about the population of homeless residents in our community that's already present, uh, that nothing has been done for or about uh, put in shelters and put out early in the morning uh, with nowhere else to go but to roam the streets. Uh, looking at spending uh, millions of dollars on these 10 cities in order to uh, have a place for people who have been bused toward us. I must have compassion for them. However, the, the thing well, uh, most of us always remember as we grew up in home, take care of what? Home first. And so my, my concern would be that we haven't taken care of our own homeless population, and let alone now we've got more homeless population, which is further burdening the taxpayer. Um, but we have to look at both sides of the coin. If not there, then wait. Uh, is it a concern for me? Absolutely, because there are cultural and language barriers uh, for them to overcome. There are challenges that you're being placed in a community that's outside of your community culturally and language-wise. So those are some challenges that we need to be overcome. They're being placed in a lot with a store backed up against you where you would have tents in front of it. Uh, there's no real security unless now we've got to provide police for security. So this is turning into an astronomical cost for the city of Chicago, and it's an influx on our community. Uh, but at the same time, where is our compassion? Uh, but also, we want to make sure where is our safety. Our safety has to be a concern for our children and uh, the people in our community. We don't know who these people are, but yet I don't think we need to fear them because they need somewhere to stay. But what about the residents that are already there? So there is, there are some major concerns uh, in our community. Um, and I think that there are some unforeseen uh, circumstances that can also occur because of them occupying that land. But also I think that we as people uh, have to figure out better solutions than this of putting someone in a tent or building a tent city in order to house those who are not from here, or even if they were from here, we should have better solutions than this in this day and age and in this time of wealth in our land. So that is my position on that. As far as that's going, I'm not too concerned about what would happen to our community because we really can't foresee that. Uh, but I am concerned about the safety of those who are placed in those tent cities and the safety for us who are around those tent cities, right? Because when you put something in a place that was never there, it attracts something else. Hmm. Yeah, that is definitely um, 
one of the issues that we have to take a look at because the people who are coming, they're also going to be subjected to some things. And, and you know, we have we have issues in the city. We have gang problems. We've tried to, uh, in the community of Maple Park, really keep a handle on the spread of the gang violence, but it exists. And this area that's proposed, it is next to a high school or, you know, not too far away from, from Finger High School. So there are a lot of things that can happen with that dynamic. And my my concern also, as the uh, the weather gets more severe, how do you make a tent be home-like? You know, I mean, the homeless, they struggle to survive every year. But it's inhumane. And, you know, I'm wondering, well, number one, why not house them in the building that's, that's been vacant for a long time? But number two, sure. uh, why haven't we been doing that? As you said, as for the the current homeless population with all of the empty, abandoned buildings, uh, closed businesses, do you think that the city has the resources and could negotiate with some of these owners of these buildings and just hasn't done it? You know, what are some of the reasons why this hasn't happened for the existing homeless population as well as the new immigrant population? Well, um, I think that they have not had enough foresight. Um, a lot of these abandoned buildings should have been uh, sold for pocket change instead of letting them deteriorate so badly in our community. And uh, we, they never had the foresight to look up and see, try to figure out how can I uh, make this property who no one seems to be buying give it to someone or to a church or to some organization who wants to do something with the property. And even looking at the idea of utilizing the property for the homeless and giving them a, 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 a way to come up out of the poverty they're in. Because all homeless people are not bad. Some of them are in circumstances because of situations that have happened to them, not necessarily what they've done to themselves. But also we're looking at how come we have never thought of housing uh, the homeless population in some of these houses that are not used? Uh, how come we have never decided to use tax money for that instead of the cleanup of the tents and then coming up and using city services for different things of that nature? So I think it's, it's, it's very short-sighted of the city of Chicago to not look at other opportunities. And like you said about the buildings and the edifice itself that we're putting in there, that the entire building, why are we not able
with our next plan and strategically, if we really want to know all the answers to these questions, we really need to make sure we show up and make sure our voices are heard and not continue to sit on the sidelines and pontificate. But in order to help provide solutions, we need to make some ideas on the table. I definitely agree. I, I think that people get angry and, you know, they'll maybe organize a protest, which has happened in a lot of neighborhoods around the city. But tonight, I'm, I'm glad that 21st Ward Alderman Ronnie Mosley has organized a meeting yeah. uh, so that residents can express some of their, their fears. And you know what I would really like to see, even though they might need a translator, I would like to see some of those families that are facing this crisis present at these meetings be able to express themselves. I think when you see actual people, there's a difference. And when you feel their pain, there could be more compassion. What do you think about that that idea, the, the fact that, you know, if we heard and saw them, we might see things differently? I agree with that 100% because, like I said, short-sightedness has not prepared us for this. Uh, we have not, we have not really heard from the residents of Kansas City uh, as far as it pertains to those who are brought in. I've not really, I've heard minor conversations they put on camera for minimal effect. Um, and then they show them in such a bad light at times, just like they used to do to the African American. Uh, and so my thing is, is that we do anything just for them. So I think that we could have a, a little bit more compassion. We would have a little bit more heart. We would probably be able to understand where they're coming from and understand why are they being brushed here and why did they leave the land in which they were a resident of? Uh, or did it take flight to come to America to find them a better place and a safer place? Um, well, let's do something with that. Let's find out do they really want to work. Because, you know, that's the first thing, that's the first thing that certain people, certain populations perpetuate that stigma that um, the people come and they don't want to work. Uh, and, I, and I keep remembering back to a time when they said that African-American people did not want to work, which is a uh, lie. Uh, I won't even call it a false truth, it's just a blatant lie. So my thing is, uh, we need, if they're going to let these uh, individuals who have left their home for whatever reason, we should try to be there to offer us some solutions, not just so, not just have it thrown that we're fear wandering, but that we offer some solutions and also come prepared and be prepared and be knowledgeable, looking more knowledgeable about the situation. And that's the for myself. I need to dig deeper and find out more about the situation instead of speculating at times. You know what I mean? That sometimes we need to get to the to the root of it and find out what the who, what, and why of the thing. So that we can be better informed when we show up and they have the cameras there. This is not for political, this is not for our opportunity just to be on TV. This is an opportunity for us and I think we need to be prepared for that. I definitely agree. We need to be prepared. Well, there will be a meeting this evening. We've got to take a quick break. But if you can stay with us for a few more minutes, we'll be right back. Uh, We'll be right back after this brief message, and uh, we invite you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We've got some callers on the line, and I know they've got some questions they'd like to ask. 
So we'll be right back as we talk about strangers, fear of strangers, immigrants with racial, language, or religious differences coming to America. How do we handle that when they come to your city? We'll be right back after this quick break, so stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back, so stay with us.
Or are they escaping some dire circumstances and really need our compassion? And what should we be doing when it comes to strangers among us who may need a helping hand? And is there fear that once they get established, they'll be taking our job? So that's also an issue that has come up. And uh, we're just so glad that you're able to, to weigh in with this on this topic, and we'll talk more about the meeting that's coming up tonight for residents to, to voice their opinion. Let me take a call, uh, area code 773-450. Your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment. 773-450, make sure your mic is unmuted. Seven seven three. We are uh, waiting. Yes. Yes. Go right ahead. Uh, Green, do you have any uh, callers on your on your line? No. No. I sure yeah. don't. Not at this time. Yes. Encourage. What are some of your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, the Christian scripture says, "Be be careful how you entertain." Strangers, a stranger. Uh, what what has happened is that there are certain people that have labeled these asylum seekers as criminals, uh, drug addicts. Uh, they have really labeled them in a negative light. But and they are not all coming from Mexico. They are coming from countries where that we was that is known as Central America, the country of Guatemala, country of Guatemala uh, uh, is under siege now from notorious gangs, notorious gangs. They um, uh, have almost took the country over, and they are forcing young men to join their criminal enterprise. And as a consequence of of that, parents are taking their children and fleeing Guatemala. Now, you, you know, the situation has to be dire when you bring small children with you to walk that far and to... Uh, I'm hearing a lot of background noise. I'm not sure what who it is or whatever. I'm sorry. Still. Yeah. Go, go right ahead. I'm trying to adjust some things here. <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. Thank you. You you know, so uh they have done a, a good job of labeling these people as misfits and uh uh out of the social norm. Uh but we are warned, be careful how you treat Treat a stranger, um, and the asylum seekers—they are—they are their destination is not. They don't say let's let's go to Chicago, let's go to New York, let's go to California. They are saying let's go to the United States of America. They are not just yeah. entering a city. They are entering a uh, uh, a country 
So right. I believe that it that 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 the obligation for absorbing the asylum seekers and uh, helping them arrange their lives is a government issue, not New York, not Chicago, not San Francisco, that they are fleeing to a country. And at the same time, considering what is happening in the social dynamic of this country, many people have lost their homes. Many people through no fault of their own. Many people have have lost employment. The pandemic put a lot of businesses out of business and employees also. And among the homeless, there are people that are working, but living in their car, living in a tent. The pay scale is not a living wage. It's not enough for them to uh, refinance uh, their life once more to uh, g- gain footing, uh, and as you stated, this is something that has happened to them, right. not that they planned it. They 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 are the victim of circumstances that's far beyond their control. So, and there is a social contract. There's a social contract. If I'm not mistaken, I I, I uh, um, I'm, it, it may be in the Constitution or the, the Bill of uh, Rights. I'm not sure right now at this time. But there is a phrase that says, and promote the general welfare. Promote the general welfare. Yeah, that's in the Constitution. Yes, yes. The general welfare is the condition of the citizens of this country. Uh, to uh, provide for those that uh, that need help, you know, that, that need help. So even prior to this crisis, the government seemed to be dragging their feet on answering the dilemma that a lot of people were placed in. Some of the people lost wonderful, beautiful homes. They had good jobs. They were well established. But then... Uh, uh, here comes the pandemic and also downsizing. Uh, the retail industry uh, is shrinking. I'm talking about box stores. It's shrinking. Uh, the, the, yeah. those, that's the well, loss that of true. employment. I mean, that, that that is happening. Well, you know, um, that's one of the things that keeps popping up that, We've got all the problems here in this country that they're fleeing. We've got major gang issues. And I know theirs might be really, really, really bad, but, yeah, so are ours. So well, let's hear a response to what you said from, from our guest. So Reverend Williams, Kareem uh, pointed out some things that are really stressful for families. If you've got young sons or daughters, you know, being recruited into gangs, you're trying to flee, you're, you don't have a lot of economic choices, you go to some place where it seems like you might have a chance, is that a legitimate reason for people fleeing across the border? And if that's the problem that they're 
fleeing from, do we have a, a moral obligation to help? But is it the people's responsibility or is it the government's responsibility? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I believe it is a combination of the two. Um, without the government doesn't exist if we don't exist, and, they, and we don't exist without our, we can exist without our government, but our government cannot exist without us. Uh, so we are part of that. But also, I love the part that he mentioned uh, that they are coming to the United States of America. Um, and then what is happening here, and when you bring that point up, it helps me to understand that here is here are the challenges. Is that instead of bringing them, actually letting them exist in the United States of America, they are existing in certain cities. Uh, they're not. They're being mm-hmm. distributed in certain states, uh, and which is unfair and unbalanced. Uh, that's a significant uh, uh, issue. When I'm overpopulating, overstimulating for another part of the world in in a direct area that could be already employed or uh, it, it could sustain it, but can it really sustain something of that nature? Uh, there are so many variables to this conversation that you really have to look at. And one of the major things is, I like that. They're coming to the United States of America. They're not coming to just Chicago. They're supposed to be coming to the United States of America, which means that it should be evenly, they should be evenly distributed. And I hate to talk to talk like that, but I, it escapes me for a better phrase. That they would be, um, it would be uh, put across the uh, country, so that it would, uh, the country could sustain it a little bit better. That's what the compassion should be, not being bus from different cities, but spread along around America, so that it could balance it out. There are many, there are many uh, pluses for them to even come to America. There are, there, are, there are jobs that won't even be fulfilled because of people that won't take them because we're educated beyond that uh, of just um, being into uh, working in labor jobs and this and that. We, we have up, uh, our economic condition has changed. And so we have to remember uh, that while we have compassion, the government needs to have a brain. Uh, and I have to put it like that because sometimes we keep these elected leaders in too long and they have not produced any good fruit. All they have produced is uh, nothing uh, after, except for what, after their time. And so we need they need to pay a price. If, uh, if you are following me, they need to pay a price. And we need to put some new blood in office. And if we're going to stick with the same people, we're going to get the same thing. So we, we, we if, if we're not careful, we become that adage that says uh, you keep expecting something different, but you keep doing the same thing. And, and we can't keep continuing to do that. And so my thing is that we need to really think about this in a more, not uh, in a more humane way, and a, a more of a way that it could, uh, we as America, which is the land of the free and the home of the brave, should be able to extend that courtesy. And then uh, it can't be just America. It needs to be the world. Mm. Yes, I, yes, I totally agree. This whole celebration is, and you, you, you are so, cor- so correct, my brother. It is happening. This is worldwide. Yeah, you know, immigrant free in Syria, Eritrea, uh, and they're entering Europe. Uh, uh, so this this uh, uh, refugee situation, uh, you, you are so correct. This is a a, a is global, global 
funding. Yes, absolutely. And I it needs to be addressed at the United Nations, at the United Nations. And uh, uh, we can't say we don't have the money. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> if you look at the what was allocated for the Pentagon a budget, you see we've got plenty of money. Uh, but it's where we place our priorities. What about the welfare of the citizens themselves, the people? Uh, yeah. th- there is an inscription on the Statue of Liberty appealing uh, to the world, send us your tired, your hunger. <laughs> well, they just did. <laughs> that is true. Yes. We got a couple of callers on the line. Uh, we're going to take your calls and get your I comments. One here. Okay, we'll I take a call from here, and then we'll go to your, back to your switchboard, and then we'll take another one. Uh, first, let's go to area code 773-436. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment on this topic of fear of strangers, immigrants coming to America and being uh, forced upon the city population. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, hallelujah, greetings, Global Transformers, way on your shalom, grand rising. This is uh, Mama D in Chicago, and my thoughts are this. After, two, after 246 years of being a movable property thing called chattel, uh, the reparations were not given to repair that damage. Instead, there was another 88 years of segregation laws, Jim Crow segregation laws, to keep the status of the Negro, the descendants of the enslaved, down until 1954. Now, uh, the, the statuary settlers, the statuary asylum seekers, we already have millions that are broken in at the border claiming, let us make America Mexico again. Now, wow. in the year 2000, there were 8,500 8, uh, born Latinos, uh, Hispanics, born in America. There was 13.8 million uh, Negro blacks born in America at that time. Now their numbers have preceded ours. They are the number one minority group. And these people that are coming in with the magic word, we're seeking a better life. And here it is 407 years, because when Dr. King said 100 years later, he did not count that 246 years. So we were really talking about uh, 346 years later. The Negro is not free. And to have them pile in, talk about they want job, education, um, transportation, and housing. Well, that is what the enslaved wanted. That is what the enslaved people still want. And and they we are all human beings. Let us go there. But we're the only group that did not come to this country by choice from countries that had a land and a language. We came in chains. We were held in those chains, as I said earlier, 246 years as a movable property thing called chattel. And so whereas we are all human beings, 
They don't have a history of 246 years of not being a human being and to just leapfrog in, in front of us with, what, $300 million expected to, to, to spend on them this year alone in the city of Chicago alone because we are a sanctuary welcoming city. It doesn't work. I do not blame that person, uh, the governor in Texas. He's right there at the border. They're all piling in on him. He knows that he's not a welcoming state. He can't, can't uh, give them $300 million, even uh, going off all over the United States, the the, gov- the mayor in New York said they're going to ruin New York. They're ruining New York. It's very simple. This stuff is not that complicated. Vacate that sanctuary uh, welcoming thing that is not working for the citizens that voted these people in, 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 in office. They are committing treason because they are representing foreigners and letting those foreign failed governments off the hook instead of representing the citizens that voted them into office. You you are committing treason and you should not be allowed to sit up in that uh, white in, in Chicago for another three and a half years just doing whatever you want, informing the people in their communities where they are coming and there's nothing you can do about it, but you're going to give us a, a meeting after the fact, after you've already made the decision. We're fed up with that. And we're not mm-hmm. going to just roll over and play dead because the sons of former slaves and the former slave owners are going to get together. And this time we're going to be on the same side because I will vote for Trump. And I'm saying it if he's locked up behind bars, if he's the only <laughs> one to shut it down wow. and save the America that we built. Well, all right. Now, what do you think about that? Well, thank you so much for that comment. Uh, that that says a lot. But, you know, there are a lot of people that feel the same way. We're going to take another call before we go. And we want to thank uh, Reverend Gregory Williams for uh, joining us with his comments. Uh, this is this is a, a hot topic. And there are a lot of people who, <laughs> who voted for Trump because they felt like he represented their point of view. And they did not want to see what they had built be taken over or taken away by um, an immigrant population that uh, is fleeing a situation that, you know, they didn't, they didn't cause. But here we have, you know, for those who are concerned, especially those who are living in the area of the, the 21st Ward, the 21st Ward Alderman Ronnie Mosley opens dialogue and community uh, concerning temporary shelter for asylum seekers. And he says, I am calling a community meeting this Wednesday, September 13th, that's today, at 6 o'clock p.m. at Sheldon Heights Church of Christ at the 11325 South Halsted, 11325 South Halsted. And he says, despite reports, no decision has been made about a temporary shelter for asylum seekers in the 21st Ward. As Chicago works to meet the challenges of being a sanctuary city, it is my responsibility as alderman to put the needs of the 21st Ward first. This meeting is the first step of making sure that we are informed and prepared for any upcoming decisions that are made about temporary asylum seekers' shelters that impact the 21st Ward. 
The mayor's office has informed all older persons that the surge in asylum seekers from the Texas governor makes temporary shelters in all communities a possibility. Chicago needs help from every level of government, and the 21st Ward needs a plan that prioritizes our needs. By failing to prepare, we are preparing to fail. And that's from Alderman Ronnie Mosley. And, again, you know, one of the new, young, dynamic aldermen elected for, I think, the largest ward of the city right now, the 21st Ward, is a combination of, you know, the, what the old 34th was and, and the former 21st Ward. So it's a, it's a big area. And uh, the meeting tonight at 11325 South Halsted, the Sheldon Heights Church of Christ, at 6 p.m. is going to give the residents a chance to voice their concerns. A lot of people feel like Mama D. You know, look, if you all can't uh, speak up for us, we're going to go with the other party. So before we take area code 813, uh, uh, you have a caller on your line, uh, Kareem? Yes. I open their mic. Go right ahead. Yes. Area code 727-741. Welcome to the Female Solution. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Martha Nyla calling from St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, in, in, in light of everything, and greetings of peace to everyone and, and to our dear Reverend and to the, the li- other listeners. My comment uh, won't repeat what I've heard uh, in reference to people and being human and knowing the, the, the uh, Good Samaritan Act and the proce- there's a process everything and while while I'm thinking of it I I ask myself also um, where does victimization lie in in respect to or with respect to the foreign policy was the policy abroad uh, in reference to the United States and its foreign policy and is that an area to look at as we look at the 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 help or the help that is needed for those uh, individuals that are leaving their countries. They're not, I'm sure they're not just leaving their countries, they're leaving their, their life. Uh, but as Mama D expressed as well, uh, those here in the country. But again, uh, the process, we look at the foreign policy and uh, see where that is and how do we go about uh, ensuring all of the, the things that are supposed to be here for um, those who are in the land on the land with respect to being na- natural citizens. I'll leave it right there. Yes. Thank you. Well, I like them. Thank you. Well, I like them. We thank you, uh, Martha Nyler, for your comment. Uh, this is an international issue. In our second hour, we're going to be joined by Brian Chikambira, who is with a global peace organization, Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light, that has been pushing for some global measures to address the kinds of situations that cause this crisis. And we'll talk to him in our second hour about the upcoming Global Peace Conference. Uh, I'll be attending there in South Korea and we'll be broadcasting from there. And we're going to look at what are some ways we need to change how we're treating each other to make it possible for us to alleviate the suffering. Uh, We've got to take one more break. We're going to come back and take the caller on the line, and we'll be joined by Brian Chitambira of HWPL, Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light, that's addressing many of the distress 
the stressful conditioning happening around the world that impacts America, especially when people flee to America to escape wars, violence, poverty, and all the other things, sometimes even created by the United States. So we'll talk about that when we come back. And 813, you can hold on. We'll take your call. And we'll be right back after this quick break. So, again, stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll see you in just one moment after these messages. found in nature, so Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products, and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war 
through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid. And thanks to our first hour guest, Reverend Gregory Williams, who is president of the 116th Laughlin Block Club and the Maple Park community, along with the Morgan Park community and and the other adjacent communities, uh, are concerned because of the immigrant population that is being considered to be placed in uh, a in the parking lot of a shopping center that has long been closed at 115th and Halsted in Chicago, uh, and the question is, number one, if you could have, uh, if you could have done something for the homeless population, why didn't you do something for the homeless population before they got uh, in this? situation where if you could have housed them before and now you have some new homeless same situation you know are are we working with our real estate owners to do something with these vacant buildings other than just let them sit there we got people living on the street so now we've have we have the global community converging and as you just heard uh the Advertisement for HWPL. It's a global peace organization addressing some things such as the crime and violence inside of countries that spills out. As this situation spilled out, our co-host pointed out these South American countries where there is a major gang population uh, recruiting young people, it makes it very frightening and families are fleeing. But they're coming to a they're coming to cities that already have gang problems. So HWPL in gathering leaders from around the world has been addressing how we are affecting each other. We are not separate countries anymore, divided countries. Uh, we are one world community, and what affects one affects all. So we have an obligation to try to fix what's broken in the human beings that make them cause pain and suffering to other human beings and make situations like what we're seeing where people have to flee 
to get away of get away from things such as warfare, terrorism, gang violence, extreme poverty. What do we do? Do we open our doors and allow perhaps more broken people to come in? Or is it, like we said earlier, a government problem? Well, we want to welcome to our show this morning a dynamic young man who works with the Global Peace Organization, HWPL, which stands for Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light. We're going to introduce him, and then we're going to go to our caller. And thank you for your patience, uh, 813, we're coming to you next. But how do we address the global crisis of what happens when there is extreme poverty? Gang violence erupts because people are trying to figure out ways they can take what has been withheld from them. So they organize, and these criminal organizations prey upon people and they sustain themselves through violence. Well, we have to alleviate a lot of the problems, the poverty, uh, the distress, the inequality, and all those things that cause the gang violence, which caused people to flee, which created the current situation where now they're coming to the shores of America. So let's welcome this morning our dear brother, Brian Chitambira. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Female Solution. Hi, Naima, and hello, everyone. <laughs> it's good to see you. I'm oh. very happy to be here. Well, happy to hear your voice and certainly looking forward to your words of wisdom. We've been talking this morning about the crisis created by people fleeing uh, countries in South America. I guess Venezuela's got a very extreme gang problem, and families are fleeing the violence of that. Coming to cities that already have extreme poverty and homeless issues. And one of our callers said that this is really a government issue, but the citizens are being asked to deal with the fallout of this. Well, HWPL has been working with citizens and government to try to change some policies and institute some ethics and values so that nations can coexist. Give us a bit of background about HWPL and perhaps even some of the things in the document, the the DCPW that addresses, you know, internal strife and what we can maybe look forward to in the upcoming Global Peace Conference coming up in South Korea where a lot of these issues will be addressed. Right. Uh, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to share about the HWPL, uh, as well as to share about the work that's being done. Uh, so HWPL is a peace organization that is based in South Korea. That's where the headquarters is. And um, the work that HWPL is doing, uh, of course, as mentioned, peace organization, right? They want to create peace and harmony in the whole world by ceasing all war um, and establishing a culture of peace. So these are actually two uh, two initiatives on the same on kind of the same uh, with the same intention. So stop stopping all wars is the first part, uh, and the reason why there's need to stop wars is actually because wars are what cause poverty on a mass scale, 
at a disproportionate, like, disproportional rate, right? So when people enter into a lot of suffering because of wars, the country that wins the war is in debt. The country that loses the war is in debt. The people uh, do not have any joy. Uh, and the people also are in a desperate situation to get whatever they can get. Um, so actually, if we were able to stop wars, then that helps us to be able to uh, – that, that actually helps all countries to be able to prosper more. And then the second is the culture of peace. So the key word here is actually culture. When you think about the culture, uh, that's kind of the lifestyle that people are living in in that area. And so currently the culture we live in is a culture where this is not a surprise, right? It's a culture where violence is not a surprise. It's a culture where uh, stealing, a uh, culture where, um, you know, like me, me over you, right, is not a surprise. And so that's the issue that we're facing right now. So HWTL, uh, which was founded by uh, Chairman Diman He, uh, it focuses especially on the character when it comes to these things. So we have the within the HWTL, the three main uh, core initiatives that it's doing. Uh, one being the Alliance of Religions for the Warp Summit. So this is the upcoming event uh, that will be done in a, about a week from now. And then we have uh, the Peace education, and then there's the DPCW or the, the international law uh, that HWTL is trying to implement. So, how all these tie in together for the work of peace and unity uh, is by understanding first that the cause of most wars is about 80% of them start of religious differences. Mm. So, the work summit uh, is actually the it stands for World Alliance of Religions for Peace. So this is a, a promise that was made by religious leaders, uh, polis, political leaders, uh, before uh, the whole world. And uh, this was a promise that was made that they will work together as one. And so to keep this uh, promise, HWTR opened up warp office dialogues. And these are the interface dialogues that are done through HWTR. Where, uh, religious leaders come, and uh, instead of, you know, picking up arms and going to war when there's many differences. Instead, what is done is uh, we open up the scriptures mm-hmm. and we compare the scriptures and we understand more so the similarities and the differences. And we see actually how much more alike we are than how different we are. Uh, and uh, when it comes to this, this is actually only to ultimately uh, lessen uh, wars that are because of religious differences. But then on the legal side comes the DPCW, and that stands for the Declaration of uh, Peace and Cessation of Wars. So it's a, it's a document with 10 articles and uh, 28 clauses, 38 clauses, uh, that all target the things that lead to war. So this one is kind of like the, if, if I could say there's like a cream possession or a golden possession or treasured possession. I'd say this is probably HWTL's treasured possession um, because through this is how we can really establish the culture of peace. Uh, and so how HWTL tries to break the gap between different peoples, different religions, different uh, ideologies is actually by understanding the similarities that we all have. And the first thing is that we're all human, right? And actually more than just, and because we're human, we also have to realize we're part of nature. And because we're part of nature, when we look at nature, uh, nature actually lives in harmony, right, to preserve itself. Yeah. So something uh, Chairman Lee has really managed to 
understand about life is that life is the most important thing to anyone and to anything. Yeah. And so without a life, there's nothing. If you don't have a life, like, and I'm not talking about like not having a life in the emotional sense, like, oh, no, no, no. If you're not alive, then there's nothing that you can experience, and everything you have comes to an end. So, uh, the goal to uh, this Warp Summit is to bring all kinds of people of different religions, uh, all kinds of people of different ideologies, different backgrounds, international leaders, current and uh, previous leaders, to come and realize that actually the number one thing we need to preserve is life. And this is actually the purpose of diversity. Like, you know, the, the, we see differences and we think I'm different, and because I am different, uh, my, my differences are more significant than yours. What I think is more significant than what you think. But the opposite is actually true. The purpose of us being different, the purpose of us being diverse, the purpose of us uh, having different uh, backgrounds, different skills and the like, is to actually preserve life. And this is the whole purpose of peace, is to preserve life. And the whole purpose of nature is to preserve life. So I hope I'll see the answer again. I ended up going into all kinds of different uh, parts about HWPL. Um, but that's a little bit about HWPR and the upcoming World Summit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is a fantastic overview. And for people who are watching us on Facebook or YouTube, the backdrop that, that he has, it looks like a mosaic, a design. These are actually human beings holding up placards. It says HWPL. It has the dove, you know, the, 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 the symbol, the logo for HWPL. This is this this design was created in a huge stadium, and I was there for that that particular design, and I saw it was fascinating how organized they were in holding up colored placards to make this design, and all of these are human beings in this massive stadium making this design for HWPL, and it's symbolic of the kind of unity we can have as a human family when we work together for one cause. So uh, thank you for having that backdrop that illustrates so greatly what we're able to do. We're going to go to our phone lines and take some calls. Uh, area code 813-646. Thanks so much for your patience. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment for our guest. Um, L.A., Central Florida. Just, just a comment uh, before your guest came on. Uh, I think what we are generally calling immigrants, uh, which, you know, legally they are, but I think more realistically they should be labeled on a critical mass basis capitalists Uh, because many of them will end up starting businesses that Americans will not start for some reason. Like the Patel family and their men family, they, they went into the low-income or low-rent motel and hotel business, and now they're worth billions. Um, so they're, they're going to start businesses that Amer- the average American will not start. They will buy real estate that the average American will not buy. They will buy blocks of property and populate those communities uh, that Americans won't uh uh, you know, occupy or renovate or whatever we want to call it, or or gentrify. 
Because um, really in this country, at least the way I see it, there's two types of people. It's not really about black or white. It's capitalists or consumers. There's no in-between. I'll land my plane there. But, you know, L.A., that's been, that's been one of the things that people have been upset about. And, and and I don't know if they really have a right to have to be upset, but people coming here, they see a financial opportunity based on this system. You know, you can figure out something to sell. You can make it here. Whereas in the countries where they left, they may have been impoverished. And here – the door is open. If you can figure out a product or a service that you can sell to the population, you can you can amass wealth. Where in some places that is restricted. So a lot of the hostility from those coming over the borders, current residents who may not have had that level of imagination to start a business, they say, "Well, they're going to take our jobs, and it's not fair. They're coming here and they're making all the money, and we haven't had opportunities." But I, I agree with what you said. I think sometimes people who live in the the wealth don't see the opportunities, and those who have been deprived, they see it and they take advantage of it, and and that creates a conflict. But one of the the things that that constantly surfaces when populations get together is the sharing of wealth, and we don't seem to have figured out a way to have prosperity shared by everybody so that nobody's resentful of someone else being able to excel because they have a good idea and they're knowledgeable on how to promote it. So, Brian, one of the things that I saw, uh, and I'm glad to be attending this upcoming, and thank you so much, L.A., uh, for uh, always giving us uh, some insight. So, Brian, one of the things that I, I saw in uh, in attending the Global Peace Conference, and I'm grateful to be going to the upcoming conference, but I saw people of literally all walks of life. This was not just the wealthy class that attended. This was some regular people. One of the women that I interviewed uh, a, a few years ago was from India. She was one of the award recipients, and she had helped to put 200 Indian women into business, and this this was in an area that was impoverished, and she helped them do things like make earrings and, and clothing and create enterprises to lift them out of poverty. The opportunities are there if we would just simply work together. What I saw was people coming up with solutions as opposed to blaming people or even blaming America for their impoverishment. Do you think that as we share ideas, we can begin to see things differently and not see the wealthy as the problem or the cause for our poverty, but maybe our own lack of imagination and we can find ways of being more encouraging to those populations that have been stuck in poverty, not because the opportunities aren't there, but just maybe the imagination isn't there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I find this question to be a great question because actually uh, I'm also an immigrant. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
as you mentioned about just uh, that lady. Uh, so this, this, uh, the events that's coming up, right, it's, it's not just uh, the VIPs of the world, right, or the movers and shakers only of the world. Because, again, uh, there's a slogan that uh, HWPL goes by, uh, we all want, right? And so when we look at uh, what you just asked about, you know, coming together to come up with ideas to help uh, coming up with, uh, with sharing of ideas, right? So this is something that uh, is heavily promoted because actually every person, uh, and this is something I, I learned from the peace education, that every person is has their role, their duty, and their responsibility, right? And so even those people who have a lot of wealth, like think about it, can you imagine Bill Gates saying, all right, I'm going to uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, like go and, and mop, you know, my, my businesses, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably thinking, I need to go to the next meeting. I need to think this, think that, this, and think this. But someone who does not make as much money as Bill Gates, mm-hmm. they will have the capacity to think uh, along those lines. Because for them, that's not out of their reach, right? right? So uh, the key thing is not so much, okay, uh, everyone has to be rich or everyone has to be poor, but it's understanding that actually we all need each other. Right. right. So uh, from top to bottom, right, in, a, in any hierarchy, all is important. And so uh, one thing that uh, one, one thing that I think about this is kind of on the lines of the example I received uh, through HWKL is about the body, right? So we see the eyes, we see the nose, we see our, our mouth. You know, there's those things that people quickly judge and say, oh, this and that and this and that. And we think that to be the most important, but actually, uh, your armpits, you don't see those, but they're actually helping regulate the temperature in your body. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you don't see them, they're important. You know, right? and, and someone opens their armpits like this, like, no, 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 put your arms down. So actually, we can see that there's, there's parts of even our body that are more vital than the parts that we can see. Because if I lose an eye... That's a good analogy. Right, but yeah. if, I lose, if my armpits don't let out sweat, if my my body isn't letting out sweat, if my heart, which you can't see, isn't pumping, or even if something as small as um, the intestines, right, and they're actually quite long, but if they're not absorbing the food, right, that's actually dangerous. Right. I'll just say bumps off a nose. Right now, it's fine. I had a cold the other day. One of my nostrils was blocked, and that was the mm. most annoying thing ever. Right. And you can't smell, or you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, you can't really think of anything else. <laughs> right. So it may seem small, but actually everything has its own role and responsibility. So one thing that I've come to see, at least amongst people, is people, the survival, right? Survival of the fittest is how we've grown to think about it. But again, peace education teaches us actually the goal of life is survival. And so it shouldn't be survival of the fittest, but that we should help each other to survive. So when we see uh, situations like this, that lady, what did she do? She thought, oh, there's a need for probably more earrings to be manufactured and the like. <laughs> and then there's these people who are trying to make money, right? So she has the capacity to think in that way, that, okay, yeah. because I'm thinking not for myself, but for the other person, how to help them uh, so that they can survive. She got creative. And so there's a quote by Steve Jobs, creativity. Uh, he said it's not coming up with something new, but taking two seemingly unrelated ideas and making them one. Mm. And it's connecting them. Wow. So she saw there's a need here. She saw there's a need they have. And she was able to connect the two and make it one. And then here's your solution, right? Yeah. So there is a different kind of creativity everyone does bring. 
the DPCW, uh, even one of the, the articles, is actually it's towards promoting the sharing of resources. Mm. So one article is actually towards limiting resources that lead to mass destruction. Mm. Why? Because a weapon is made to attack. I want to, you know, quote that you know, if you want if you want peace, you gotta have your weapons. You gotta have your army. I was like, well, what's the point of an army? Is it is it to defend or to attack? So we say it's to defend, but actually primarily it's to attack back. However, if you want peace, actually, if you build a shield, if you build childhood, right. <laughs> you can build things that lead to war. So mm. most nations, uh, a lot of their money ends up going towards wars. We can look at the current war that's taking, many wars taking place around the world. There's no country that's just like, I'm going to, you know, like, between those that are fighting, none of them are making a profit. Right, right. But can you imagine how much more beneficial those finances would be for the people? if they were used in different ways. Absolutely. So through the DPCW, its intention is to limit opportunities to start war. Right, that's the goal. Limit opportunities to start war. And naturally the nations will actually start to see the benefits of this. That they have more money in their treasury and the like. And then one of the articles focuses on reusing some of that money towards things that can actually benefit the people. So yeah. In that way, it, it, that's kind of how truly uh, the DPCW, HWPL wants to, uh, for lack of a better word, level things up yeah. for everyone. Well, it, right? makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, if it, I may. Yeah. Uh, we have to update our language to the current, uh, our current circumstance. We are in a global society now. Uh the creator has said to us that he made you different nations, different tribes, different colors, so that you can become familiar with each other. There is a, a, uh, a family uh, connection to the word familiar that you see that uh, the uh, differences are not so vast that it uh, that we we see other human beings as the other, as the other. America, uh, you, you know, we know it uh, it uh, gained its financial footing through the terrible uh, condition of slavery. But at the same time, America uh, imported brain power from around the world. That's true. From around the world. Everyone came here. And because of that connection, America was able to make great advances in, uh, in, in quite a few fields of, of knowledge. The, what is happening now, nationalism is outdated. Let me say that again. Nationalism is outdated. We are no longer in that sphere. It is global now. It is global, and what what nations do, they compete against one another, and uh, they invade other uh, nations for their resources. Uh, there is no sharing, but we are in the God has moved us now to the universal plane, and let me speak to us as African Americans. Uh, whether you know it or not, you are the answer 
you are you are at the forefront because no one understands human suffering better than you and we should have compassion on those people that are struggling in uh, uh, in their humanity we should be at the forefront of that because we can identify with human suffering because I don't want the uh, situation to be addressed as us against them. them That's against us. That that is critical. That is that what is being orchestrated at this time. Right. Yes, ma'am. Right. So right. if we can uh, get rid of greed, greed, uh, and have a healthy competition towards all that is good, we can make this happen. We are, we, whether we accept it or not, nationalism is gone. Yeah, and, and we need to not forget that. You're right. You're right. And I think that's something that we need to, we got to take a break, but when we come back, we need to address that whole reality that we're a global family and the Internet has connected us in ways that really makes boundaries not exist. It's non-existent. It's and so if any if, if the if the pandemic showed us anything is that we are one. We're breathing one air. So if anybody's air is poisoned, everybody's air is poisoned. Everybody gets sick. That was the most powerful demonstration of oneness. So that being the case, and I agree with what you're saying, uh, Kareem. Those who have suffered recently in our memories we should be able to empathize with those who are suffering now and not see them as competitors for jobs or opportunities. Because like you said, anytime someone comes bringing an idea, they're going to benefit everybody. Like this woman who who created the business that benefited all those Indian women. If I have an idea to start a business, that means I'm going to be employing a lot of people. I'm going to be empowering a lot of people. I'm going to be helping a lot of people generate their own wealth. So that's a good thing. We've got to figure out how to help everybody benefit from what's here for everybody. we got to take a break, our last break, and then we're going to come back and take some calls. Area code 312-632. You're next, and then 773-483. You're after that. And anybody else on our switchboard or the AM360 switchboard, press 1 so that lights your number up and we'll know you have something to say. We'll be right back. Our guest. Brian and you've got some callers line also. Well, all right, we got a bunch of callers that want to talk to you, so we'll be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay, don't straight away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Sell Care with Jody Toussaint. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Wellbeing with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with John. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. 
Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom. Global Radio TV show. I'm Naeem Latif, and our guest in our second hour is Brian Chitambira, who is a representative, powerful global peace organization, HWPL, which stands for Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light. And that tells you its intention and its objective, heavenly culture. If we can create a heavenly culture on earth, we will have peace. Well, before we take take our calls, we're going to... hear from some of our, our team of hosts who chimed in this morning. And we have Reverend Jody Susan Calhoun, who says Grand Rising. She's our Tuesday host of self Cell care And she says, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. <laughs> we appreciate you so much, Jody. And 
uh, Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host, says Grand Rising, this global crisis is a great lesson on how fear controls populations. Thank God for HWPL. Yes, absolutely. And Viata, our Friday morning host, says Grand Rising, Sister and Brother Brian. Yes, Grand Rising to you. And Jody says, yes, we need to help others to survive and thrive, and they need to be able to learn how to help themselves opposed to learned helplessness. That's what we are facing with those who complain, learned helplessness, and that's what we got to overcome. And it's absolutely. And Viata says, thank you, Brian, for brightening our day with your colorful background, beautiful smile, and uplifting words. (laughs) Thank Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So we, we know that there are resources, and HWPL has been instrumental in helping to point out how we can best share those resources by, as our co-host Kareem says, you know, realizing there are no separate nations. We are one earth, and when we can teach that and live by that, then we can eliminate a lot of the problems that we created. Let's go to our phone line and area code, see here, area code, Three one two six three two Grand Rising. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience, and give us your Admiral Nelson Bay speaking. Yeah. You know, uh, to uh, Brother La's point, I am uh, the quintessential capitalist. I remember Minister Farrakhan decades ago at the amphitheater during Savior's Day would speak of. He would invoke the words of the founding fathers, who said they were more fearful of the international central bankers than a standing army. And that got me to thinking decades ago. And in the context of statements issued by the Universal House of Justice atop Mount Carmel and Haifa, Israel, which is all about a divinely ordained system of global governance, I have come up with a system in which I'm actually going to be producing or facilitating mass production of money itself. Uh, Aurum, A-U-R-U-M, which is golden boss, paper-like money, and um, pursuant to, uh, you know, House Resolution, um, U.S. House Resolution 5404, an act to define the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. You know, the um, German word for money is Geld, G-L-D, which is gold, and Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a uh, an institution, the United Nations Office of International Treasury Control, which actually possesses more gold bullion than any other institution on the planet, including, uh, you know, uh, Fort Knox or uh, what the Chinese presumably have. And I would just say, in my capacity as Vice President of the United States, I'm going to Bangkok, Thailand, and speaking with. Dr. Ray C. Dam, who is the uh, controller of the International Office, I should say the United Nations Office of International Treasury Control, unoitc.org is the website, and I'm going to broker a deal to get maybe 60 metric tons of gold bullion to print mint into actual legal tender here in the United States. and It'll be under the rubric of the Federated State Bank of North America rather than the Federal Reserve System. And mm, it's going know. to 
be held in escrow as collateral. It's going to be both uh, Harriet Tubman's face U.S. gold certificates and uh, Aurum U.S. notes in one, two, five, ten, and twenty dollar denominations. With a twenty dollar denomination uh, with Harriet Tubman on the face of it, and it's going to be used for both universal basic income for all U.S. natural persons, regardless of race, creed, or color. Mm-hmm and as financial reparations for Asiatic indigenous descendants of chattel slavery and native genocide. And I'm mm, the founder wait, of the Federated wait. State Bank of North America, by the way. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on, on that. And you know, Andrew, uh, money is basically whatever the people agree it is. So we've seen people create other means of exchange and even the current banking system, it exists because we have empowered it as what we have all collectively agreed as a means of exchange. But we really don't need money. We can just choose to share directly. We can just choose to share. But there are people who are coming up with ideas such as yours, other symbols of exchange, other banking systems. We see, you know, things like, um, you know, we, we've seen Bitcoin and other ki- other kinds of ways of exchange where people are seeking to alleviate poverty by giving access to everybody, whatever this means of exchange is. And that's one of the things that, that will address the impoverization of large masses of the people. What if we used a different means of exchange and we made that means available to everybody, then there would be no poverty. That's something to consider, and certainly we appreciate your uh, creativity in coming up with ideas. Area code 773-483. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comment. This is Akufa James. Um, You know... A lot of people have a lot of ideas, but my 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 um, ancestors, my people here in America, uh, we have land, and so we we sell the hot spring water bubbling at the underneath the land, the trees. Uh, we rent uh, the spaces for people, and we don't we don't we don't need money. We have fruit trees. We barter and trade. So if you get land, you don't need money. The majority of people don't have land. We get houses and buy things and cars. Then you need money. Uh, but we're in a situation now where I, I believe in heaven on earth, okay? I, I brought the kingdom. That's why everybody's talking about the heaven. I brought it the last 15 years on the Internet, okay? Koopy James brought the kingdom of God. And when it happened, it divided the masses. And... We start you dividing when when you bring the kingdom of God, Luke seventeen twenty one that says the kingdom of God is within you. Then the enemy will let you know that he has the kingdom as well. Mm. And this is why, and so that so when you when you bring the kingdom of God, you know, like this is Jesus coming back and all the kingdom of God is within us. Then that's when Armageddon begins, and the devil goes, "Okay, you know who I am. Let's go." And that's why, okay, that's why the destruction is happening. Women are marrying each other. 
at all time rate. Half the women are married to each other. Okay, now we're we're, we're understanding Satan's kingdom. He's got men over here marrying each other. He's got women marrying each other. He goes, this is what I have. Okay, and we we're, we're bringing family, and that's what that's what we're against. That that's the fight right there. And now mm. we're running the we're running Satan's kingdom away because now people. Now people are understanding the devil is not no invisible boogeyman dressed in red. He's a person, he's a multi-billionaire that, are, that, that they call elitist. This is, mm. why they, this is why they burnt down the Maui land, took it over. They're going to create a satellite city in Maui, Hawaii. Jeff Burroughs, all the elite live there, okay? And they're going to control the world from there. They're they're getting away from the population so they can control so they can control the air and all that. They're getting away because they know, oh my God, people are really realizing that we are the that the elites who are uh, who are like the puppets. They are the that's that's the devil's front line, and people are realizing we know who you are now. Mm. Now this, well, Cooper, you know this, what? We, we, now we, this, we, you know we we actually. Uh, talked about that. Uh, matter of fact, Viata talked about that on, on a couple of her shows, what's happening in Maui, and there's a fear, and, and, and I believe one of our um, commentators mentioned the fear. There's a fear that people have, you know, you read scriptures, and there's some people's scriptures that say there's going to be the great war of Armageddon and so forth and so on. And so you got the doomsday people and people living in fear and seeing things happening. But then there's also another point of view, and that is we have the power to create whatever future timeline we choose. And this is why HWPL has been so powerful in giving us a vision of what happens after all of these unequal kinds of systems gradually fall away because they they can't continue to exist because if we don't put the energy to support them with our belief that there has to be an underclass or a poor class and we choose to share, they won't exist. But we can create a heavenly culture without there being a war of Armageddon first or a uh, destruction of the earth first. We can do that. We can choose to do that. So uh, before I take the next caller, so Brian, what are, what do you see as the teaching, uh, especially with the, the peace, Schools that HWPL uh, has created and, and creating a new thought about what the future looks like and what we can create when we live in harmony with nature the way we have the power to do. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? So, uh, the key thing that at least I've come to really see is really uh, honestly a paradox. <laughs> it seems like a paradox. Um, and, and what I really uh, thank you to Stephen who, who shared. I always enjoy listening to other people share what they have to think because uh, it also expands uh, my thinking too because I, I think how I think, but when I see other people think, I'm like, oh, I never thought that way. <laughs> right. But um, through the peace uh, schools that uh, receive this uh, peace education as well, wow. so uh, it focuses especially on character. So uh, right now, the law, what does it do? It's a law that uh, punishes those. Uh, it's, a, it's an external law. In, in other words, 
when something externally happens, then they get punished, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, what peace education is trying to do is actually change the character within a person to be someone who is morally governed by uh, becoming a law-abiding citizen. And uh, the intention is actually, again, because the purpose of, the true purpose of any law, and I'm not just talking about like in, in the world, but even in, like the law of gravity and those things, is to maintain an order. Yeah. So what the peace education really promotes is a change in character. Even every lesson, the things that are so basic, but we actually we overlook them today. Things like being grateful, right? Things like mm -hmm. respecting your elders, things like preservation of heritage. That's something that's very important. Yeah. We don't think about it until you see like a monument thing like renovated or being crushed or something. That thing like, hey, yeah. that's actually something significant. Right. All those things. Those values, the appreciation of them, the importance of them, and most importantly, the application of them, all those things are taught through the peace education. And the goal is to create a citizen of peace. Now, a citizen of peace is someone whose moral traits and actions are all tied to the action of peace. And they all think about harmony. So this is really what we're striving for. So the future that comes through this peace education is harmony, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we, we teach the things about my duty, my role, my responsibility, so that each person, where they are, can see their value. We talk about my influence, so that each person is conscious of their impact on someone else's life, right, small or great. We talk about being thankful, even if something as basic as being thankful for your parents, right? Yeah. Many people think it's my birthright <laughs> to have mm -hmm. a parent, but many people don't have parents. Some parents pass away. Uh, during wars, for example, some parents, some mothers pass away giving birth to the child. Yeah. So all these small things that are everyday life, the peace education basically puts a magnifying on that, magnifying glass on that, and says, first acknowledge just how blessed you really are, where you are, despite hardship and tribulation. Mm. And the goal is to change the thinking from and this is, I, I think anyone can agree, the most natural way for us to think is negative. Mm. But it's to change from thinking negatively to think the positive, not yeah. only expressing myself, but in everyone else too. And when you, mm. and it actually starts with you, when you're able to appreciate yourself, when ah. you're able to value yourself, yeah. you can understand the value of everyone around you. But if you don't care about yourself, then you have no right, like you don't have any thoughts to care about anyone else because you can only give what you have. So peace education gives those values to the individual. And mm -hmm. HWPR's vision is peace starts with the individual. Right? We try to do peace on a large scale. Yes, there's the war summit, but actually the goal is each individual person, if you realize how you're an agent of peace, then uh, the combined forces of everyone thinking along the lines of peace, that's what actually establishes that culture of peace that we're looking for. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's so powerful because that is it. The kingdom of heaven is within each of us, and we can create it on the outside when we first create it on the inside. We got time to squeeze in one more caller. I believe we've got our Friday. Yeah, I have a call to you, Diana at area code four zero seven seven zero one Grand Rising. Thank you for joining us. Got a minute to hear your wisdom? Go right ahead. Oh, thank you, Naima, and your guest is so beautiful. Thank you for being here this morning with us. Uh, um, I heard Sufi uh, make a statement about Maui. My heart's in Maui. And so if you missed my Sunday show, 
we made an emergency proclamation from the most high, not from the corporations that are trying to kill the have have killed people on Maui. And that proclamation is this. This is a season, as Brian just stated, for the people to proclaim harmony, peace, yes. love, joy, community among the population of the world. Now, it's going to start in Maui with the people who are already rising up and getting rid of those corrupt leaders. That's where it starts. We have to stand up as sovereign powerful citizens of the world and say no more of this corruption and that's what's happening in Maui. So let's not predict, Kusi, that they're, the, the corporations are going to win this battle. No, 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 no. We're going to, we've made a proclamation that the people are going to win. Those of us who are conscious, loving, who want to see harmony, thank you, Brian, for bringing that beautiful message. Thank you, Naima. Because that's what we have to change and shift, our mind and our belief that we have power and we can get rid of this corruption by standing firm on the belief that we have harm. We want harmony, love, and peace in our world. So thank you both for being here. This I'm just really enjoying the show today. Oh, well, thank you so much for chiming in. We appreciate you. And of course, you got to tune on in. Uh, of course, join us tomorrow for Soul Purpose Healing with uh, Dr. I mean, I'm like, uh, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And then we got uh, Health and Wellbeing with Beata on Friday and Soul Purpose Healing with Beata on Sunday. And, of course, we're going to be joining. Uh, we may be able to join Deborah with Move Around with Deborah. We'll be live from South Korea next week, and we're going to be at the Global Peace Summit, the uh, – uh, the Warp Summit, which is World Alliance of Religions for Peace, that's correct? Yeah, that's correct. And this is the anniversary of that that summit when the leaders of world religions gather together and work with those who are in law to come up with global values, ethics, principles that we can all agree to to bring about that world peace that is coming and as Viana says if we but if we will agree that uh then we certainly will make a difference. So last statement before we go, Brian we got about uh one minute before we sign off. Go right ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. I'm really excited for that uh uh summit. And uh, I was just uh, inspired by the last caller. You know, one thing you mentioned is the powers of the people. And I always think about something that uh, the chairman of HWR did in Mindanao. So that place was 40 years of war. So you can imagine it feels helpless. But he gathered the people of Mindanao and he said, raise your hand up if you want war. And no one raised their hand up. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, raise your hand up if you want peace. And everyone raised their hand up. So he had the two people of the leading groups that were causing conflict in that area. And he said, if you actually care about your people, then you would stand for peace now. Ah, <laughs> and that's what peace here and there. That was so powerful. The leaders are chosen by the people, and the, the leaders, because they want to be in power, they have to listen to what the people want. That's so what it's all about. If the people have that mindset of peace, then the leader has to have a mindset of peace, and the people will also elect someone with a mindset of peace as well. 
So that's just one comment I really wanted to throw in right in there. <laughs> that's the, the perfect ending, and we thank you so much. We the people have the power to bring the peace. So we will do so. Thank you to my co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family listening in, and for all of you watching us on Facebook and YouTube. And, and we will see you tomorrow right here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we appreciate all of you, all the comments who have, uh, those who have joined us, and course, we'll be talking to students at Betty Shabazz School today, teaching them how to reach around the world, and we hope to be joining them uh, next Wednesday live from South Korea to give them a taste of, of the power of the Internet to connect us worldwide, build a global family, and it starts with our youth. And so we want them to experience talking to the people around the world and those who are of a mind to create a future of peace. And thanks to my dear sister, Cheryl, my twin, <laughs> says, wow, this is amazing. And she says, thank you, Brian. And our uh, Monday Morning Mindfulness host says, awesome show. Thank you, who those who have called in and written in and added your comments. We appreciate you so much, and we will see you tomorrow on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. Thank you to my first hour guest, Reverend Gregory Williams, and for those who are in the 21st Ward, you need to come to 11325 South Halsted tonight at 6 p.m., and let's talk about how we can help our brothers and sisters who have come to us in distress and need help. And until next time, continue to shine your light. And we'll say thank you to our global We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Alingato. Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, 
Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.